Hey guys, good morning. It is Monday, January 20th, 2020, 2020 that is. It is 7.21 a.m. in the morning. And yes, I do have to work today and happy Martha Luther King Day to all of you out there that are celebrating his legacy and will be doing what you can to continue celebrating that legacy and continuing it with a lot of the marches and demonstrations that you have planned for uh, today. Anyway, so with that said, we have a variety of topics to talk about today before I get ready to hop into the bathroom and get myself ready for work. Four topics, as a matter of fact. The first topic, of course, is yesterday. Super Bowl 54 is now set. We will be talking about that as well. As well, ladies and gentlemen, as we will be talking about some other stuff um, um, at the same time, I should say, we'll be talking about some other stuff um, at the same time. I'm, and that was my jo- my dog right there. If you hear her, she just woke up from sleeping a little bit. She's going to go back to sleep in a moment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, here to talk about some topics on my mind. Mind on this day, um, I am all hoping, like I say, you guys will be enjoying in your own way and celebrating the legacy of Martha Luther King um, and, and what he's done um, uh, and what he has done to bring us all together um, in the in the past and up to today. I know it didn't sound it didn't sound you know kind of. <laughs> Sound a little gibberish there, or ramble-ish, I do apologize. But again, happy Martha of the King Day, and hope you guys have a great day, no matter where you are, celebrating his legacy, you know, by coming together um, through demonstrations in March and continuing to live the dream he set out for all of us to live uh, when he was uh, amongst us uh, back almost, well, over 50 years ago. 50 years ago, it's hard to believe. Um, but we all know he's watching from above, smiling down, knowing that no matter what goes on in this world right now, we there are people that are still trying to keep his dream and his legacy alive. So. So anyway, with that uh, said, uh, with that said, and I should say, let's talk about some of the topics on our on my mind here. Again, there are four topics. We're going to get through as quickly as we can. Like I said, the first topic is um, the Super Bowl, of course, Super Bowl 54. The next topic will be, believe it or not, from a fan's perspective, point of view, uh, and this would basically be a bit of a reply, Um, and that is the ages. What are the ages 
of the main seven slash the main set. What are the ages? The second topic basically will be from a fan's point of view. What are the ages of the main seven slash eight in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? Last year, somebody did a video on that uh, where they talked about uh, the ages and possibly how old each of the main seven, main eight, if you will, could possibly be and how it related to Spike and Rarity. And I'll touch upon that too. Uh, when we talk about it, because that is something that a lot of folks have, if you're a fan of the show, have been, you know, have talked about and kind of looked at it like, yeah, you know, it's it's nice, it's cute, um, you know, but it's just not something they would really, you know, get into. Um, but anyway, I really want to support, but anyway, yeah, that's what's... Um, so it's happening. If I can just get uh, this thing on uh, Facebook going on, yeah. But that's what's um, that's one. That's the second topic, basically talking about from a fan's point of view, what the ages of the main uh, seven slash eight could potentially be, as well as the third topic will be. Because I just experienced this this morning. It woke both me and my mom up. Of course, my mom is off uh, off today because it's Martha Luther King Day. And her job s- celebrates his legacy, and along with a lot of schools that are doing the same thing by letting the kids out, kids out, the teachers out to have not only a day off to relax and recharge the batteries, but to go out and, like I said, do what they can to continue the legacy of Martha Luther King and celebrate his legacy and continue his dream aim to the best of their abilities. So it woke both me and her up. It happened several times this morning until I finally, to my mom's request, because my mom asked me to, uh, went on to my uh, provider, cable provider's website, who was also our phone provider, and blocked these calls. I don't know who's calling us between 4 and 6.30 a.m. in the morning. I looked it up, and apparently it is some surveys. Some surveys are being done. I don't know why. One was a Bob Seymour and all that. So, so you know, it's like it's really, it's really weird, you know, what's going on here. And then one was like uh, an M-E-M-S-I-C package. But then I thought, what does that have to do with the package I'm getting? And no, it was actually surveys. So I don't know what's going on. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. And finally, we're going to talk about, and maybe I should have done it the second one, but I think I'll close it out with this one. Hold on for a second. Sorry about that. Just gonna just here for a second. Gonna adjust things. Here we go. Sorry about that. Alarm went off there, but that does tie into what I was saying because I had my alarm set for seven thirty, 
so I can get up at this time as well. But because the phone and they decided to do this, that's going to be one of the reasons. That's basically why I chose it to be a third topic because, you know, it's just, you know, recently happened. I'm just adjusting the uh, mic here, making sure everything's adjusted. But yeah, it just happened this morning. And it's like, come on, seriously. Yeah, I will watch the movie, um, Lord Thomas Decree. I, I will. It's just, um, it's all going to depend on when I do it. I know it comes out on Valentine's Day, so we'll see what happens there. Because I know one thing, my brother-in-laws and the, my sisters and the husbands, I should say, are going to probably go out. It's on the weekend, so we'll probably have the kids. Maybe, I'm not not really sure yet. Uh, but anyway... But anyway, like I said, that, that third topic, definitely going to talk about because it's something that I think needs to seriously be worked on. And then the final topic is an interesting one. Um, throughout, uh, ever since I've been back here in California, which has been now almost 12 and a half years, going on 13 this year, um, there's always been a part of me that's, and it kind of relates to the Super Bowl, but it's always been a part of me that still is a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. But I've always been a diehard, longtime, born and bred San Francisco fan. But there's also a part of me that enjoyed the Raiders when they were in, in Oakland. And heck, even when they were part of Los Angeles for a while, there was a part of me that liked the Raiders and was happy the fact that they came back. Uh, there was a part of me that you know, like the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Rams when the Rams were in St. Louis. You know, part of me became a fan of St. Louis Cardinals. Part of me became fan, you know, even though I became a fan of those teams, I also stayed a diehard Oakland A's, Athletic, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings fan as long as I could. So basically we're going to talk about region setting and how it relates to being a sports fan. So anyway, with that all said... With that all said, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to a first topic, which is, of course, the Super Bowl. Yes, Super Bowl 54 was uh, determined uh, yesterday. Um, and in my honest opinion, I've talked about this many times, but in my honest opinion, Super Bowl 54, especially the playoffs that got to this moment, the divisional and then the conference uh, championships yesterday felt, and I'm not saying this with any disrespect or anything, but they felt more legit. They felt more real. It felt like these teams really earned it and didn't have no favoritism shown to them. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people that saw the games uh, throughout this tournament saw the referees making calls and you know missing calls or letting teams get away with calls that should have been called or shouldn't have been called, and it got fans worried. And I understand that. Now, some might consp- now there are obviously conspiracists out there, NFL hardcore fan conspiracists and theorists that believe that the only reason the Niners, that's right, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs got to the Super Bowl is because they were given it an easy road. In other words, basically, some conspiracists and theorists will look at, you know, you know, the teams that Kansas City played, 
the teams that uh, San Francisco played and will probably think, yeah, they only the only reason these teams got as far as they did is because the NFL wanted this matchup. And that could be true. I'm not saying it isn't. Um, but here's the thing. You know, it's happening. It is happening. But yeah, but yeah, there are going to be conspiracists out there. There are going to be uh, people that believe the game that uh, will believe, I should say, that there's something behind the Chiefs and the 49ers getting into the Super Bowl uh, as quickly as they did. Now, with that said, though, am I happy that they're in there? Yes, I'm happy both teams are in there. And here's what's interesting. Um, this year will marks this year in October, uh, in October, in uh, blah, blah. later on this year, basically nine months from now, nine months from now, I know it's a long time, but time goes, but if last year is any indication in this month, so far as any indication, time goes by fast. Um, but like I was saying, uh, later on, nine months from now, in October of this year, will mark six years since the 2014 World Series. The 2014 World Series, ladies and gentlemen, had something very interesting that was close to me. Had a matchup that was close to me. That was the Kansas City Royals and the San Francisco Giants. And what's funny, and what's funny, is this World Series, and it's uh, a little bit of a cheese here. With the just scratching my chin, have a bit of the itches, if you will. But like I said, what's funny though is it wasn't even it wasn't even seven years since I got back, and all of a sudden this matchup happened. And now it's not even six years since I've been since that matchup. Now we're getting this one. So when you think about it, for me, I came back in two thousand seven. It's going to be thirteen years. For me, for me, um, this November, 13 years. And in those 13 years, I've gotten and will be getting a matchup between two teams that I grew up on as a fan. Now, I was more A's than Giants, but of course, them being Bay Area, if one team doesn't go, you cheer for the other. And the same with Kansas City. If Kansas City and St. Louis. If Kansas City doesn't go, St. Louis does, you cheer for St. Louis. And I was out there when St. Louis became the world champions. And everybody, everybody in Lawrence, where I lived, was celebrating. I would walk by the UNO Chicago, which was right across, right, you know, not right across the street, but just... You know, you go out the back of our apartment. There's a little hole in the fence. You go through the hole in the fence. And the UNO Chicago is like right there, like right next door uh, in the corner. And they had that place packed. And I think I've been in there maybe once or twice. But they had it packed. Anyway, though, um, the reason I say this is interesting for me because I support both teams. Yes, I grew up a diehard 49er fan, no doubt about that. But when I lived in Kansas, I became a Chiefs fan too. 
I mean, my dad, yes, was a Chiefs fan even when he was out here for a while. But I am a um, die. But I became a fan of the Chiefs when I was out there, and I had, and even though I never went to a game, which is true, I never went to a game. Um, the fact of the matter is this: I got a lot of respect for them, but. But here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. Okay? Here's the big thing. I got a lot of respect for them. But whenever the Chiefs were scheduled to face the 49ers in regular season or preseason, I'd be the four, I'm all for 49ers. And that's how I'm probably going to be this time. I mean, yeah, I could wear my 49er cap and my Chiefs t-shirt and be done with it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not. What I'm going to do is wait and see what happens. Because right now, it looks like me and my mom are going to be celebrating the Super Bowl here. Unless something comes up. Unless um, my older sister, not my older sister, but my second older sister calls up and plans something out. So... We'll see what happens. We're going to see what occurs. But yes, the Super Bowl is set for February 2nd. Kansas City and San Francisco. Of course, the last time San Francisco went was around uh, 2012. Unfortunately, that didn't turn out well for them uh, against Baltimore. Could things change this year? Who knows? You got a great quarterback matchup between Jimmy Galapro and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be great. It's going to be really great. And storyline-wise, they're playing up the fact that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is making history because he and his father are the first father-son duo to ever be head coaches in the Super Bowl. And on the other side, they're playing up that Andy Reid has beaten every team just about, no matter where he's coached. And now... And now he has a chance to beat the Niners again, but this time uh, for the Vince Lombardi Trophy. So it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a good, good game. And one thing I will say, because I know a lot of us, a lot of 49er fans, fellow 49er fans, kind of fear this. If you watch the Chiefs game, the last two ones, it's like they let their opponents get the lead a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they turn it on. It's like, boom. And I think the commentator said it best. It's like Mahomes reads what they're doing. It's like they allow this to happen so Patrick Patrick Mahomes can read it, read what they're planning, and be like, okay, now I get it. And the same goes for the defense. They're like reading, okay, this is what they're planning. Okay, now we get it. It's more like luring the opponent into a false sense of security. That's what it is. And I know fans of the Niners – are worried about that too, but I don't think that's going to happen because I think both teams have a similar strategy. And, you know, honestly, this is going to probably be the most watched Super Bowl in a long time. It is. 
It is, and I say that with all due respect because you can't, and I, and I say this, I should say, with all due respect, you can't tell me that people are not sick and tired of always seeing New England in there. I mean, New England's a good team, but with the controversy that follows them, especially this season, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, we need a break. And, you know, and if it isn't, you know, New England, you know, it's somebody else. It's either Green Bay, it's either Seattle, you know, what have you. It's like, to them, you know, it's like it's either Green Bay, it's Seattle, you know, it could be Los Angeles, you know. To them, it's like, you know, we need a break. We need something more new and fresh. And the thing is, when you look at the timeline for both teams, 49ers have not been there in seven years. Chiefs have not been there in half a century. And that's another thing they're playing up to is the fact that the Chiefs have not been there in half a century. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really, really interesting. And hold on while I check something here, guys. Because my thing's doing the load, my uh, LED my loading LED lights doing the load deal. Check something here real quickly. Oh, yeah, it's an update deal. Anyway, though, like I said, um, anyway, though, like I said, they're playing up both those storylines more so right now with the Chiefs because it's been 50 years, so... You would think, oh, they're playing up that storyline. They're gonna, then there's no doubt Chiefs are going to win. We don't know that yet. All I know is we're gonna get a good game. I'm gonna have my DVD set. I'm gonna have my DVR set. Everything is set for this game. Period. Everything is set for this game. Now, do I think it's gonna be close? Absolutely, because both teams are going to want it. Here's the thing. When you play up years in historical fact, yes, it's been over a quarter of a century since the Chiefs were at the Super Bowl. And the last time they were there, they won it. Last time the Niners were there, they lost. But the last time they brought home the Vince Lombardi Trophy was in 1995. So you're looking at half a century and a quarter of a century, 75 years combined between both teams when you think about it, 75 years combined between both teams, or how do I put it? 75 years combined. What is it? 40. No, 40. Um, 54. Yeah, 25 year difference. So 75. In 25-year difference, 75 years combined since they both have had the trophy, and it's a 25-year difference since one has had the trophy uh, over the other. So it's going to be really intriguing. You know both teams are going to want it. But the question is, where does the ball sway? Who does it – where does the ball sway to? Like where is – 
where basically who's going to have the momentum, who's going to have the heart, who's going to want it the most. And I think both teams are going to come out in Miami and show that they both want it, but who wants it more than the other? Because when you take a look at the quarterbacks uh, as well, you look at someone like Mahomes and they're building him up to be like the next Tom Brady of the NFL. And then you take a look at Johnny Galapolo, who was a backup for Tom Brady in New England, and they're building him up as to being like the successor. In other words, being like a Steve Young, who's going to rip that monkey off his back if he should the Niners prevail. So it's going. So you're going to have a good. You got a lot of storytelling going on here. You got a lot of good matchups going on here. And all I could say is, I want the. All I'm going to say is this. I honest to God want the Niners to win because we haven't had it in 25 years, but I can understand Kansas City won it the most because they haven't had it in half a century. So got a good game ahead of us, and that's all I'm going to really say, guys. So got two weeks to wait and prepare. Let's see when it comes down to it, who wants it the most. And you know what's funny? This is going to make my job scheduling a little bit more interesting, maybe. We'll see. But it comes down to who wants it the most. Now, next up, next up, and I'm going to uh, post this over at some of the group pages. But next up, let's talk about My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Now, a couple, a couple of days ago, I was watching a video. And this video was done by somebody. Uh, was done by somebody that actually did it about a year ago. He actually did this video uh, a year ago. And and that's a neighbor's dog in the background. But like I said, this, this video was, was done about uh, a year ago. And uh, it was talking about Spike and Rarity. Yes, Spike and Rarity. Um, basically, would sp- Sparity work? It was a subject that was brought on um, by somebody, brought on by an individual. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to see if I can look up the history on it real quickly. Hold on, guys. Uh, but it was brought up by an individual as a theorist. Now, the guy's known. Now, here's the one thing about the MLP fandom, especially Friendship is Magic and the Equestria Girls. There's always been theories. The one thing this show has done is allowed fans, or this franchise overall has done, is allowed fans to think about and cons- theorize, you know, possibilities. Like, you know, what what potentially could be you know, what potentially could, you know, what potentially could be, you know, stuff like that. Like, oh, you know, there's implications that this could have happened or there's a lot of clues and hints and Easter eggs that that happened. And by having those people, fans are allowed to, as I said, speculate 
um, what's on their mind. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're allowed to speculate and theorize, you know, what potentially could have been or not could have been. You know? Anyway. Anyway, I'm looking up where this fan is. Hold on. Looking up right now. But this fan, like I said, did this video about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And he talked about He talked about um, the situation. I'm, I'm trying to find where that fan's at. I know he's around here somewhere. I know I saw it. Hold on. Sorry about this, guys. Uh, but anyway, this fan, like I said, did this uh, video. Let me just look it up. Oh, there it is. Okay. It was by Dagger Yenner. Dagger Yenner. Um, and um, he did this video about a year ago. And he talked about, and he did this, like I said, did this about a year ago. And the reason he did this is because it was uh, part of a Crazy. It was basically part of a conspiracy, MLP conspiracy, as they put it, or theorizing. And he brought up, and even though he didn't really want to do it at first, he pretty much was put into a corner. So he basically, through the help of his uh, partners, was able to kind of come up with an idea of how it potentially could work, because it did sound like at the end of the video that, yes, if things worked out the way they did, or if these, or if what he theorized and theorized, you know, you know, came to be. And he said, if what he theorized is true, and this was over a year ago, and this was before season nine, keep that in mind. This was before the final season. He theorized, and he theorized about the fact that, yeah, spike and rarity could work. Now he didn't straight out say that, but pretty much at the end, it, he kind of implied that if what his theory was 
about the ages, and that's what I'm trying to get at here, is true, then yes, it could. He basically looked at a lot of different scenarios, and you could find it, uh, his video. It's called MLP Conspiracy, Can Spike and Rarity Work? You can find MLP Conspiracy, Can Spike and Rarity Work on YouTube. Just type in uh, MLP Conspiracy, Can Spike and Rarity Work? And also look up Dagger Yenner. That's D-A-G-A-Y-E-M-A-R, or Dagger Yammer, Dagger Yammer. That's D-A-G-A-Y-E-M-A-R. Look him up, as well as, like I say, just look it up, MLP Conspiracy, Ken Spike and Rarity Work on YouTube. You should find it. And here's the thing. And again, here's the thing. Um, you know, he, like I said, he went through a lot of different scenarios. He went through a lot of different scenarios. And mostly the scenario he went through, like I said, was the ages. And the way he did the ages, and I'm sorry if I'm taking long to get to it, but the reason he went to the to the ages is because he went through different scenarios, different moments in time as to try to figure out not only the ages of the main six, but to... Hold on for a second.
sorry about that, guys. Our lawnmower uh, gardener just came to do the lawn, uh, do the lawn, to mow the lawn. So, um, anyway, though, like I said, um, um, anyway, like I was saying, uh, basically. He did, um, he looked through all different events throughout time, and um, I'm sure everything's adjusted there, right? Okay. Well, like I said, he, he looked through all kinds of different moments and scenarios throughout time, and he basically um, went with that to not only determine the ages of the main six, but how it relates to Spike. And basically, he determined that the oldest out of the main six were Applejack, Rarity, and Fluttershy. Because he, this one moment he went by, I think, in in the episode where we first meet Gilda the Griffin, where uh, basically Fluttershy tells Pinky, I'm a year older than you. So take that for what you will. And he also went and used the various heartstorming eaves they would have and other events and even when they got the cutie marks and basically determined that, like I said, Rarity, Applejack, and Fluttershy were about between five and six and at Twilight, Pinky, and Rainbow between four and five. So basically a year apart. Now you might say, well, how does that relate to Spike? Well, he looked at when Twilight A uh, hatched him, which was in Magic Kindergarten, her entry into Magic Kindergarten. And not only did he use that to kind of help out, but then he looked at the first season, he's in and then onward, and came to the determination that Spike, as of that season, or before his uh, meltdown, if you will, his getting his wings, if you will, that Spike potentially could be between the age of, you know, 14 and 16. But then he also went by what um, Smolder had said. He went by what she said and about, you know, dragons having to leave the nest once they go through the, after they go through the bolt and all that. So, he basically said that after the molt, Spike jumped basically from 14 to 16 to 17, 18, which right now going into the, and going into that final season, because remember this took place, he did this video before the final season, that going into it, Spike would be about 20 to 23 or 18 to 20 years old. In other words, Spike would be appropriate age. He also threw in the whole, you know, Dragon's Age slower, stuff like that. And he also put in a lot of, uh, he also added in a lot of the scenarios where Spike showed that even though he's small for his small for his size, then not only do dragons come in various sizes, depending on the maturity and all that, that, but that he has shown maturity. That, yeah, he could still show some childlike qualities, but as time went on, he's become more of a, he became more mature. He became more developed. Stuff like that. So, 
you know, stuff like that. So it it was very, it's a very interesting video. Like I said, just look it up. It's called MLP Conspiracy Would Spike and Rarity Work? Or could spike, I think it's, no, it's called a MLP Conspiracy Can Spike and Rarity Work? Look it up on YouTube. You can even Google it. It'll take you right to it. It's an interesting video and really worth your time watching. I mean, yeah, when he gets into the analytics, the numbers and all that, that may seem a little like boring, but honestly, it's worth it's worth the wait in the end. Trust me on that. It's worth it. Um, but going but going going uh, on to that. Going on to that. Um, I'll kind of replying to that, if you will, here. Basically, when the way I look at it, I totally see where he's coming from. I totally see where this theory and conspiracy is coming from, and I could definitely see a spike in rarity working out. I could, because a lot of conspiracists and theorists of any kind of show will find re- reasons for yay and nay to happen. And in the case of spike and rarity, real life situation. Love knows love knows no boundaries, and age is but a number. So, yeah. So yeah, he he definitely again, even though he didn't straight out say it, he definitely feels that spike and rarity potentially could work because of the fact that as of right now, spikes at the right age to be with her. End of discussion. So, again, check the video out. I think you guys will like it. Um, so, anyway, did I just put that over there? I think I did. Yeah. Let me make sure again. Just, oops, I won't do that. Just uh, making sure I added this to someplace. But yeah, basically, it's more along the lines of, you know, he he goes by basically, um, how do I put this? He's going by realisticness. Now, what, now, the other things he talked about was if potentially could happen, he also talked about what if they had a kid. And this is the one thing I'm pretty sure a lot of fans won't like hearing. You see, when he said... Uh, when he brought, when he came up to that discussion, he looked at it from a more, I guess you could say, logical, realistic perspective. That there's no way that if Spike and Rarity got together and they had a kid, it would be what we've seen in um, drawn by fans in the MLP style with those vectors and all that being a half pony, half dragon hybrid. That it would only have to be one species, and that's it. And he used. Um, Various moments, like the birth of the Cake Twins. He used uh, Flory Hart as an example, basically saying there's reasons for it, genealogical uh, reasons, uh, ge- geological reasons, uh, genealogical reasons that would explain why one of the Cake Twins is a unicorn and why Flory Hart's an alicorn at birth. So...
So anyway. Anyway, um, long. So anyway, long story short, um, I again getting back to what I was saying, I can honestly, definitely see where he's coming from. And again, I would invest. I would recommend you guys check it out because I think even after you see it, you might agree as well that yeah, it does make sense. Again, not a lot of people are going to agree with spike and rarity being an item, but in the end, you know. Sometimes it takes a video like this, even if it's a year old, to kind of explain perhaps that, yeah, they could potentially get together. And, you know, there's um, nothing wrong with that. And again, that's our gardener in the backyard now. But again, there's uh, nothing wrong with that. So, like I said, check out the video. I think you guys will like it. It's worth watching. It really is. Again, when he gets into the age and the numbers brackets and all that, that may be a little boring to some people, but just be patient with it. It's it's worth the watch. It really is. All right. So, so next up. So next up. Um, let's talk about annoying calls. In other words, what's known as robocalls or survey calls or whatever you want to call them. <sighs> basically, ladies and gentlemen, uh, basically, to get right down to it, Um, let's let's talk about this. You see, this morning, around four, between four and six thirty, my mom and I got a phone call. Various phone calls from the four hundred eight area code. And like I mentioned at the beginning, I looked them up, and two of them were basically, and one of them said surveys, because they did have something that said MISMEC or something like that, M-E-M-S-I-C um, on it. I looked it up. It said package. I thought, could it be have to deal with the packages I'm coming, I'm coming my way? No. This had to do with survey calling. And then before that, and that was like the second time. We got one before that. And then after that, a few moments later, 15, 20 minutes later, we got another one. And that was also from 408. And this one said Bob Seymour. And after that, we got another one. So what I had to do, because my mom asked me to do it, I went to Xfinity's uh, homepage, went to the account, went to a voice, and went to where I have, it allows us to block calls, and took all the numbers, put them into the, put them in to put them in the areas where. Uh, basically, I took all the numbers, typed them all in, and basically confirmed for these numbers to be blocked. Because honestly, I'm getting sick and tired of them, and so is my mom. 
And I'm thinking, why are people calling today? I mean, I understand it. And, you know, it's a holiday, but you don't take advantage of a holiday, you know, that pays tribute to a man and and who wants to see a dream of everybody getting together, everybody being together in peace and harmony, no matter what their race or ethic. You don't use a holiday paying tribute to a guy like that for your own means. You don't do that. Now, my family, my mom, obviously felt that they could be off schedule. and But that probably is true. It's probably true. Maybe it's off schedule. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is, this is something that, honestly, it does not need to be E. Being honest with you guys, it does not need to be around. And it needs to stop. It really does. You know, I thought there was laws being passed that said they could no longer have robocalls be made. Guess somebody didn't get the memo, did they? Because that's exactly what happened here. We ended up getting calls. And I'm getting tired of it. So is my family, my mom, everybody. Everybody's getting tired for, tired of it. So I honestly I honestly don't Um, I honestly, what I'm trying to say is I just don't under, I just don't understand why they have to keep doing it. That's the thing. It has to, I think they just have to stop is what it is. I think they just have to stop. And that's the, that's the honest truth. You know, we can't, uh, Like I said, we can't just, you know, I'm trying to think real quickly. We can't just allow this to keep happening because people do not need to be woken up at night, in the middle of the night or in the early mornings, just because people automatically behind the scenes program program the telemarketers or the robocallers to call at certain times. It needs to stop. And, again, and mostly, it needs to stop on holidays where people that have days off, off want to have that day off in peace. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. So, I'm just... You know, it, it just frustrates me. It's what it does. It just it just really frustrates me. You know. So I'm just hoping how do I put I'm I'm just hoping basically that this kind of stuff stops. That they put a stop to it. Because honestly, again, you don't take advantage of holiday paying tribute to someone who wants to see people come together no matter what their race or ethic is. You don't use a holiday like that of any kind to 
call early in the morning. Now, what's funny is some of these area codes were from the San Jose, Santa Clara area, Santa Clara County, that is. So I don't know if maybe it's just people that are drunk, kids that are trolling. I don't know, but it needs to stop because the last thing people need to do is be woken up in the early parts of the morning when the sun's not even up yet because somebody wants to say, hi, would you like to vote with it? Or, blah, 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 or somebody just get on there and go like, oh, blah, 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 bye. It's, it's, it's stupid. That's what it is. So hopefully this will be, hopefully blocking these calls will prevent them. But let me know if you guys have had any issues like that in the past because honestly, this kind of stuff needs to stop. It, it, it does. It, it honestly needs to stop. Okay, one last thing. Actually, I might add a bonus one in here too, so hold on for that. But one last thing and possibly an additional bonus. Let's talk about regional settings when it comes to cheering for your team uh, various sports teams. Now, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, I grew up a 49er fan, Oakland A's fan, San Francisco Giants fan, Raiders fan in a sense, Warriors fan, Chiefs, you know, Kings fan, uh, Sharks, of course, San Jose, and, and the college teams like Stanford and Cal and San Jose State, as well as Cal State Hayward believe it or not, because there were various times when I was a kid, uh, even in, and this was before the NCAA games came out by EA that allowed you to create your own schools. I remember various times I would just write on a piece of paper, doing, especially during college bowl season, Cal State against uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, so whatever. <laughs> uh, but I used to be a fan of a lot of those teams. But as time went on, and of course, as I've mentioned many times before, I ended up moving out to Kansas. I ended up becoming a fan because I've been there. I was there for 13 years, even though I was my heart still belonged on. Even though I was still a diehard 49ers, A's, Giants, you know, Bay Area related school, uh, Bay, Bay Area related sports team fan. Um, when I was out there, I ended up having a lot of respect and ended up becoming a fan of the various Midwest teams. For example, um, Kansas was Big 12 country, Big 8, Big 12. And I ended up having an appreciation for some of the Big 12 teams, like Kansas, Kansas State, of course, Missouri, when it was part of the Big 12, Oklahoma, Texas. You get it. You get the idea. Um, and then, and then on top of that, and then on top of that, I also became a fan of a lot of the sports teams, like the Royals, the Chiefs, which were only, <laughs> which honestly, locally, you know, proximity-wise were the two as close sports teams we had. And then on top of that, you had, of course, St. Louis Cardinals, and then the St. Louis Rams. So, and even the St. Louis Blues in the NHL. So, I had some sports. So, there were sports teams there that even though, like I said, it was diehard, always will be, always have been, always will be a fan of the Bay Area's teams, I started to become a fan of these teams. And it was by living out there that I realized it didn't matter where you were from. 
It didn't matter what region you lived in. If there was a team in the same, if there were various teams in the same approximate region, you could cheer for one or the other. That's true. Or you could cheer for both. And that's what I did. You know, you could cheer for both. Anyway. Anyway, though, um, I come back here and, like, you know, I try to debate, try to put that argument to the test. And my family's like, no, it's either one or the other. But I think over time, my family has learned that, yeah, you know, if one team doesn't go from our region, you know, we could cheer for the other. Like, you know, if San Francisco, like if Oakland, like, let's say this year, if like this year, let's say, you know, the Giants didn't make the playoffs, but the A's did, we cheered for the A's. And the same would be going for the Niners. You know, if the Niners didn't become the team that they are this year and the Raiders were the team that became that team, then we would have cheered for the Raiders. You know, so um, you get the idea of what I'm talking about, right? You get you get what I'm saying. So it would have been, you know, we would have been cheering for one team from our region. It wouldn't have mattered which one it was. And, you know, I think that's what I'm trying to get across to people. It's like, yeah, you can stay true to who your team is. You can stay true to being a diehard 49ers fan, which I am. You can stay true to being a diehard A's fan, which my oldest sister is. But if you have to, and there's other teams out there in the same region or same proximity that you could cheer for, then go ahead and cheer for them if you want to. But if you feel like you have to have your priorities to one team, that's fine. But if you feel that team's not going to make it, but this team is, and they're in the same region, you know what, then you know, obviously, that's the team you got to cheer for. Because the one thing you want to see is success and a championship brought back to uh, your region, no matter what the team. And that's a fact. No matter what the team, you want to see it, you want to see something brought back to your region. And that's about it. So, to me, honestly, you can always stay true to who the team is, no matter what. Always stay true to your team. But I firmly believe that you could also cheer for other teams, teams as well as long as they're in the same region. Or if you grew up as a fan of that team and you've moved away from the location, state, region, and into another one, you can always still be a fan of those that team as well because that's where your heart is if you know what I mean. So again, I don't think region settings should really play a factor. It should be up to you who you want to cheer for or, but you know, it should be up to you who you want to cheer for, honestly, you know, and again, region settings shouldn't be a factor too much. What I'm trying to say, but if you realize, okay, one team's not going to go from our region, but another is, then logical would say, yeah, let's cheer for that team. But you don't have to if you don't want to, because it shouldn't play, you know, play a it shouldn't play a role in it. But what I'm trying to get at is I've learned that if you at least have one team from your region going, and it may even though it may not be the team you want, then that's all should matter. That's all that should matter because. Honestly, like I said earlier, when I lived in Lawrence and St. Louis Cardinals went to the World Series, guess what? A lot of St. Louis fans were there. All of Kansas, 
turned into St. Louis country. So, and and so that's, and that's the truth. So anyway, though, um, I just thought I'd bring that up and basically say, look, regions are not a big deal. You should be that, I mean, they're not a big deal, ill, but it does make sense that if you feel one team's not going to go that you want your team, but you have another team that you're not too much of fond of, but you have respect for that's in the same region going, then it kind of makes sense that maybe, maybe if you want to, it's your choice. You might want to cheer for that team. Okay. So that's it for the four top topics, but I do have a bonus and I wanted to talk about this real quickly. And that is impact wrestling. Now, we know Impact Wrestling made history by crowning Tessa Blanchard the first female world champion uh, when she beat Sammy Callahan for the title uh, last last month, uh, last week's uh, Hard to Kill pay-per-view. But on top of that, something also happened that week. Now, Alex of Just Alex's World here on uh, YouTube and, and various podcasts out there, Spotify, you know, Podbean, you name it. Um, he talked about this, and he mentioned mentioned that a certain segment that happened on Impact happened at the pay-per-view. It didn't. The segment, and I say that with all due respect, Alex, if you're watching, um, it didn't, though. This segment actually happened on the post-hard-kill, the post-hard-to-kill edition of of Impact Wrestling on Axis. Now, here's the thing. Impact Wrestling also broadcasts their show on Twitch. So that way, if people don't have Axis TV, like they didn't have the Pursuit Channel, well, they have another option, a much bigger option. Well, that option right now is not available. It's not. I'll put it this way. You know how a lot of us fear or worried that places like YouTube and Daily Motion and all of them could give us copyright strikes and take away certain functions and features and abilities and all that. Well, or even our you know, have our channel kick the can. Even if we do get it back, you know, it's kind of gone for a time. Well, let's say Twitch kind of has a similar policy. See, Twitch is also owned by Amazon, Amazon Prime, that is. And let's just say they were not too thrilled with Impact Wrestling this past week during its post-hard-to-kill edition of their show on Access TV and on their uh, streaming service. Basically, long story short, and I'm sure you've heard about this, RVD being the over-cocky heel he is now, Decided, and Impact gave him the nod, because I guess this is part of his deal, to have a celebration. Because he beat an injured Brian Cage, who was on his way out anyway, and going to AEW. And then he beat Daga, who is Tessa Blanchard's uh, fiance. So to celebrate, RVD decides, along with Katie Forbes, his girlfriend, real-life girlfriend, and her real-life girlfriend, Jennifer, that's the name they gave her, uh, decided they were going to celebrate 
in a very NFSW manner. Yeah. NFSW manner. Basically, long story short, it was the segments were done as a soft porn kind of situation. Yeah. Soft porn. To the point that you had a nip slip. You had the women putting whipped cream on their upper torsos, if you know what I mean. To the point that the last thing we see of these various segments is RVD with both of them under the sheets, his mouth and face with whipped cream on it. And basically the fact that all in all, they had basically a soft porn, soft core porn sex celebration on Impact Television. And guess what Twitch's response was? Twitch decided, you ain't pulling this crap on us. You're out. And Twitch banned Impact. They banned them because of this segment. And they said, enough, this, this ain't flying with us. You're out. Now, some people have come to the defense of Impact and said, oh, well, you know, so it's wrong for RVD and Katie Forbes and their girlfriend to have this live sex softcore porn celebration, but it's okay for someone to throw a cat across the room. They basically called out Twitch on the hypocrisy. And Twitch has... Uh, yet to respond to that hypocrisy that people are calling them out on. But what Impact is trying to do, Anthem Sports said, is they're trying to work out a situation to where they can get the channel back up. And if they do, I'm guaranteeing you it's not going to be without being on probation. In other words, if they pull something similar or pull a similar stunt, they're done. The only thing I think that could save Impact and try to get the channel back on, and Anthem Sports, I think, knows this, is they're going to have to do an angle now. Because we know anytime a wrestling promotion does something like this, thinking they're going to get away with it, and then it comes back to bite them, check WWE's past for a good example, that they have to do something to make up for it, to kind of fix the problem. And the only thing that I think Impact and Anthem need to do is come up with an angle to where maybe RVD gets put into a straitjacket or something, taken to a psychiatrist at the behest of Twitch and Amazon and Anthem Sports, you know, get taken to a psychiatrist, a therapist, and basically be told, look, or be diagnosed with the fact that, look, you're having flashbacks. You think you're back in ECW. This is Impact Wrestling, but this is not 1990s. This is not ECW. This is Impact Wrestling. This is 2020. Wake up. So, so obviously, you know, they are, you know, something like that. You know, or, you know, they have to do that or something like it to kind of fix the situation. And I think that's the only way they're going to be able to probably get Twitch to give them like the channel is that they agree to put an angle like that to where RVD is like spending the next few weeks on impact in a psychiatric hospital. And it's like, I under like, I understand now this is 2020. This is not ECW. I have to put over younger talent. They don't put me over. I put them over. So again, you know, you know, they have to do something, obviously, to fix the situation. And if they don't, then it obviously shows that they think they 
it always, I'll put it this way, if Impact and Anthem doesn't do something, because they are trying to get the Twitch channel back, but if they don't do something to rectify this, in other words, like I say, do like film an angle like that to where RVD's got to get psychiatric help to be reminded, hey, look, dude, you're not in ECW anymore. This is not the 1990s. You know, you're messed up. Or, hey, your girlfriends are taking advantage of you. They're making you think this. They're drugging you, whatever. If they could, if they come up with some kind of angle that helps rectify the situation, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it, honestly. So, but yeah, RVDs, the RVD segment that Anthem and Impact allowed them allowed him to do didn't do didn't do them no favors. They didn't do him no favors. So hopefully they they uh, they rectify the situation. Hopefully they rectify it because you know what? Again, you know, you you look at the fact that if you try to pull something like that on YouTube or Daily Motion or Vimo, your your butt's your butt's done. Period. Your butt is done. You're, you're pretty much out the door kind of deal. So, so um, yeah. I mean, I understand your know, impact wants to get some attention. I get that. They want to get people's eyes on the product again. I get that. But doing something like this is probably not going to do you any favors. It's, now, here's the thing. If they were on access only, then okay, fine. But they forget, hey, we're not just on Axis, we're also on Twitch. So they got to realize that just because you're on one platform, which is national television or semi-national television with Axis TV, that you could probably get away with it there. You know, you, know, you got to remember that you're not just on that platform, you're on another platform. That's what I was trying to think about, trying to think about what I was going to say next. But you also got to remember that you're on another platform as well. You're on various platforms across the board. And if they want to do something like that, then why don't they just use their Impact Plus service? I mean, come on, honestly. You have that. Why don't you use that? You know, you don't want, if you feel, if, and obviously that's going to be what they have to do because they now they could go to YouTube and use their YouTube channel for it, which a lot of wrestling companies are doing, like NWA, Major League Wrestling. You know, they're doing that. Or just, like I said, use the Impact Plus uh, service. It, that's just as good. So, so anyway, though, yeah, RVD... Access, uh, Access TV and uh, Impact allowing RVD to have that segment, it didn't do him any favors. Did not do him any favors. And, um, you know, hopefully they can get the Twitch channel back, but I got a feeling they're going to get it back, but it's going to be on a probationary period. I really do. So anyway, though, guys, that's pretty much going to do it for today's topics on my mind, which you will also be able to hear on my various podcast channels as well when I get the opportunity. Uh, Let me know what you guys all think about some of the various topics I've talked about today. Comment down below. I'd like to hear from each and every one of you on these various topics. And I will talk to you all later. I am going to get ready for work. So peace out. God bless. And have a nice uh, holiday. Uh, Have a nice holiday. And relax. And peace. 
I'm out. Thank you all for watching and thank you all for post watching as well. And again, remember it will be on my various podcast platforms as well. So in audio version, that is. So thank you guys for, for, for watching and I am out.